sharing news and community information that truly matters to you for Michiana. This is Michiana 101 with Sylvia Stark. Sometimes our days are difficult to get through and we just need to remind ourselves that there will be brighter days coming. So as we listen to brighter days, let us remember that no matter what struggles that you're going through, there will be brighter days ahead. Now I know that the school year is a tough one for many. We are now slowly getting back into the swing of things. Children are now having to pay for their school lunches, which can be a stress on parents. Prices of food has gone up, which is not a stress on parents, as well as school supplies. We know in many schools, we have the repurpose of Hawthorne, which is making teachers and students transform into another school district or to another school, get familiar with their routines. There's just so much going on. I know one of the big topics here is mental health. Mental health has been a huge topic across everywhere. Especially in South Bend, there's been a few incidents where people don't know how to handle mental health. So there is a lot of brighter days ahead. We know that sometimes we just need to take a step back and realize Jesus is in control and take one day at a time. If you're ever feeling like your your day is getting stressed, it's okay to take a breather, whether that's some breather sizes where you're walking away from a situation for a minute and coming back to it. Maybe you're at home with the kids. Maybe you need to go into your room, just shut the door for 30 seconds and then let the kids cry it out. Or it could be you're reading your favorite book or taking a walk outside or simple turn up some music just to take care in the world away from life and just remember there will be better days ahead there will be better days when we all go to heaven if you are not ready to let the Lord in it is on your time when you feel you are ready Sometimes we may not be ready, but I hope someday soon we're all ready for Jesus to come. Hope you enjoy listening to Brighter Days. This is a, a newer song that just came out about a few months ago, and it does. Our days will get better. We will have a better tomorrow. Long as you know where you're going, when it's your time to go, there is nothing better than that. Take care. And hope you enjoy brighter days. I know there's gonna be some brighter days. I swear that love will find you in your pain. I feel it in me like the beating of life in my veins. I know there's gonna be some brighter days I know there's gonna be some brighter days Oh, ashes fall from burning dreams Oh, never live through times like these Oh, if you're trying hard to breathe in the dark In the
as we approach a new school year. Here is a reminder for you and your children. As school is starting, please remind your children that not every child has nice things. Not every child needs gets to wear name brand shoes or clothing. Every parent doesn't get up with them to fix their hair or make sure they have something that matches on. Some babies will come to school with their hair that was done two days ago in Mitch Mack's socks. That's okay too. They still need friends. Your five-year-old doesn't need a $100 jacket. The $10 work just fine. If you have it, that's great. But if it's not, it's okay too. Most importantly, teach your children to be nice and to include everyone. Teach your child to be the change. Make sure you're teaching your children that not all children are the same. Help them know that it does not matter whether or not you have the most expensive brand of clothes or name brand or thrift shop, that they are unique and special. Take care. You want to hear something good, what's happening? Here is a little clip on what's happening in Warsaw Community Schools. Warsaw, there is an amazing class being offered at the high school that is engaging students in a way that truly sets them up for success. I stopped by the Goshen Airport to learn more about their aviation ground school program and get a little lesson of my own. Eric Coburn has loved playing since he was a little boy, taking rides on his dad's lap making him the perfect person to teach Warsaw High School's new aviation program. It's an opportunity for the students to get exposed to a career that they probably never even thought of before. The goal is to get each student on track to get their private pilot certificate, and there are three parts to that. You have the written test, flight training, and check ride with an FAA examiner. Coburn focuses on the written part. So we have um, uh, flight planning, we have instrumentation, we have airspace regulations, and of course everybody's favorite are the FARs, F-A-Rs, the Federal Aviation Regulations. That's the rules. Uh, we also learn about the weather. Noah Nepp says he didn't know much about airplanes, but decided to add this class because it looked cool. Lane Blocker, on the other hand, grew up loving planes and knew he had to take it. And while the reasons for taking this class were different, one specific moment had them both hooked. The first time I went up with Mr. Coburn and his airplane, sitting behind the, uh, the yoke and having my hand on the throttle and taking the airplane off, Instead of just using flight simulators like a lot of schools, Coburn decided to buy his own plane. So every one of them has flown our plane. And the change when we land is incredible. An experience this instructor with a true love for aviation was willing to share with me. Over the past eight years, Coburn has taught 121 students. Of those, at least 18 are going on to get their private pilot's license. Seven are currently in college studying aviation, with three more on the way. Lane is one of those students. He got accepted into Purdue's aviation program. Without this program, I wouldn't have discovered aviation as my passion, as what I wanted to do with my life. Until recently, Noah was the youngest student to go through this program and get his private pilot's license. It's really neat. I can walk up to a lot of people. And I tell them that I'm a pilot, and they're like, oh, what are you, 20, 21? No, I'm 17. I haven't graduated yet. He decided to bypass college, but still has dreams of becoming a commercial pilot. Everything is federal, um, so you go by regulations and licenses, and I can thankfully get every license I need right here at Goshen. A rare program engaging different types of students, setting them all up to soar. It's changed their life, and it's actually changing mine, too. This is Chief John Riddle from Concord Police Department. School's right around the corner, and I'm here to remind you, once school starts, to keep an eye on your speed while traveling towards school zones. It's up to you to keep our kids safe, so please slow down, buckle up, and be safe. Thank you.
food. That has never been more clear. Bongo Community Schools knew this year they're offering every single teacher affordable childcare on campus. And when we heard about that, oh, we had to check it out. This was a, used to be a church and it was a building that sat empty for a while. Seeing a need for affordable and safe childcare, Bongo Community Schools decided to buy it and the property around it, providing an amazing resource to their teachers with kids between the ages of three and five. We're going to partner with you to make sure your kids are getting academics and your kids are getting the social interactions and cared for in the way that you're caring for your students in your classroom. We want to partner with our staff and our teachers to be like, hey, we got you too. It also serves as a learning space for Bongo's high school and junior high students. Kids interested in childhood development have the opportunity to learn. The art classes, we're hoping to maybe use them to do some murals or teach an art lesson, building trays. We thought we might use them for like building a shelf or a balance beam. The possibilities are endless. I think it's a beautiful thing that they've created for our staff and our teachers. Such an Many of us are having conversations about how it feels different this year. We feel more positive about the way things are going. Have a really great teaching and learning plan. We've brought in new teachers, and they're excited to be here. And we've had teachers return to us who have, have left and come back. And so we just feel a sense of excitement. Uh, recent meetings about transportation have told us that we're able to manage our transportation. We continue to condense routes, but we have enough drivers at the moment. So we feel pretty confident and comfortable coming into the year. We can always use more support staff, and, and we have positions posted, and we're still filling. But we feel ready to go. Tell me about the space we're in right now. This is a pretty impressive building. So this is our engineering technology and innovation school. That's one of our six schools of study within Elkhart High School. This is a place where some traditional high school classes merge with career tech classes. So in that hallway behind me, we have our welding and our metal fabrication shops. We have computer robotics, mechatronics, all of those things happening here. And this is one of the buildings that's going to benefit from a recent grant we received from the state for over $2 million to improve our computer science program. Incredible. Um, I can only imagine what happens to a student when they come in here. Their minds are blown, aren't they? Yeah, and they have the opportunity to pursue something that is very much tailored to them and to their interests to put them on that pathway to get a certification that will make them very employable after they walk across the graduation stage or continue into post-secondary. Uh, almost all of our programs through our Career Center offer certifications and or college-bearing credit so that they have that opportunity to build and stack once they would leave us. What do you hear from the business community and corporations? Are they saying, keep at it, keep sending us your best? Yes. For the longest time, the message from the state of Indiana was everybody needs to go to college. And we were finding that there were a lot of trades and, and businesses that were then left in a lurch to not have that pipeline of employees. This building and programs here and at our Career Center allow us to have those pathways. And so they're excited and encouraged. We have advisory boards for many of our career tech programs, and so those employers are engaged and plugged in. And at some level, we have about 400 employers who are engaged across those various programs, help with mock interviews, and engage in those advisory panels. This must give you the most excitement right here. This is a very exciting place. I mean, I've, I've always been one to advocate that we think about 12 plus, whatever that means. So for some students, it's college. For some, it's the workforce, military, associate's degree, whatever it may be. We want to make sure that we get those students on those pathways and the new graduation requirements that go into effect with this year's graduating class accentuate that. So for us to have all of those different avenues for kids, really exciting. That is cool. Yeah. Um, it's one of many buildings in Elkhart Community Schools. You have about 20. Hawthorne Elementary has been changed. Tell me about the repurposing. And I know it was a sensitive and emotional subject for families. Where do you stand now? How are things going? It's now a pre-K center? It's an early childhood center, and so what we have done there is pre-K programs that were located at Hawthorne or at Mary Beck have been relocated there. And so we have Title I, which are our funded programs using Title I grants. We have four classrooms, up the capacity for up to four of those there. 
We have a relationship with Head Start. So we have five Head Start classrooms with the capacity to go up to seven. And then our PACE program, which is our program for preschool special ed students. So once they leave the First Steps program and become the school district's responsibility, ages three, four, on up, what we do is we have a program there that is part day so that the students come and begin their educational journey and development. Um, what we really like about the prospect of having all three of those programs in the same building is that as students are able and are maturing and developing, they might be able to move out of that fully contained special ed setting into a more general education setting so that they're building relationships with other students and learning to learn in that regular environment. And then that will carry over as they move from kindergarten up through the other grade levels. Some complaints from parents were that if Hawthorne had so many problems structurally and with the facility that it wasn't suitable for elementary, why would you think it would be okay for pre-K? Your answer to that? So the portion of the building that we're using is the very back portion of the building. So from about 2004 on, um, that's the bulk of where those classrooms are, um, even up into a little bit of the building that was from the 1960s. So what we're doing is using, not using the oldest portions of the building that are nearly 100 years old. Okay. This caused a lot of re, I don't know, reworking the boundaries. Mm -hmm. You had to sit down with a map and say, okay, we got to rethink things. It's separating families. Kids are going different directions in some cases, but you're confident this is going to work this school year. We have all of those students actually at the end of last school year. We had all of those students assigned and had sent letters home letting them know which school they would be attending. It was part of our timeline and process that we made sure that staff knew what buildings they were going to be in before they left for the summer and that families knew before summer vacation as to where they were going. So families had all of that time from the summer to know where they were going, knowing transportation, knowing if they might be in the walk zone. We offered opportunities for families to come and see where the address was and answer those questions. So we really did try to make that as comfortable as it was. I know it was not an easy thing for families and, and an institution that has that much history. It, I mean, you, you can't not be emotionally charged when something like that happens. But when we look overall at our staffing challenges, we're now needing to staff seven fewer grade levels up to three classrooms. So that's 20, 21 fewer teachers we need this year because those students have been reallocated someplace else. And in a time of teacher shortage, that's the best that we're going to be able to do to have quality instructors in our classrooms. Let's talk staffing because it has been a problem, not just here in Elkhart, but throughout all of our area. It's tough to attract and maintain teachers. Where are you with staffing? And how? what is an incentive to keep them coming back here? So we very much want to build an environment where they are treated as professionals and part of our professional learning communities. Ultimately, they, they want to be treated like the professionals they are. So it's very important for us as we bring them in uh, with new teacher orientation that they feel that from the beginning, which we did at the end of last week. Today, we had our kickoff meeting where we had an inspirational message and I charged them with a kitchen table conversation to really dig in and do the work. And now we're giving them the rest of today and the next two days to be able to get their classrooms ready and do the work they need to do in their building. So it's important that we build that culture. We also are doing some interesting things in that we have paid maternity leave for three or four weeks within our contract. We are using, due to the opening up of some space at the Career Center, we're looking at what we're able to do as child care for our own employees who need child care for their preschool children and, and infants and toddlers. So we're trying to do all of those things that we know other businesses and, and industry are doing in order to attract and retain people. We're working on that. As of right now, we're north of 40 positions open across the district, but much better position than we were last year. We have a fantastic pool of substitute teachers who reported last week and um, or two weeks ago, and they're letting us know their intentions to be willing to be long-term subs, and so that's plugging into openings we have. So various people stepping up, doing the work that needs to be done, and again, we feel in a better position than we were last year at this point. That's great. All right, so your staffing numbers. How about your enrollment numbers? Where are you with kids coming to Elkhart? It's always hard to tell because of a couple different things. Some people, you know, it, it doesn't dawn on them until the very end. And, and right now, over these past couple weeks, we've had a lot of, of enrollment, particularly with kindergarten. Um, people during the pandemic were 
you know, unsure about enrolling their kids in kindergarten. And so that hasn't been back to its normal cycle. So we've got a lot of late enrollments coming in right now. So as we're looking at things, we do know that our high school is very full and on track to be at, at where it was previously. The Career Center is going to have its largest enrollment of students that it's ever had. So we're waiting to see where elementary and middle school sets in. When you have buses hitting the road, and trying to maintain the school start times and everything else, you've managed to come up with a system that you say is working. It's a two-tier system, explain. So what we have is our elementary routes are run first thing in the morning, and then those students are dropped off at their elementary schools prior to the start time of 7.30. Then those buses just turn right around and run the routes again to pick up middle school and high school students, deliver to the middle schools, deliver them to the high school and the career center. So that's the two-tier system. Uh, we had a discussion at the end of last week that we have 88 routes right now. The, the routers are continuing to try to find ways to condense and find efficiencies, um, maybe pack those buses a little bit fuller. But in order to do that, um, it helps us with the number of drivers we have, which is right around 94, 95 at the moment. So we have a little bit of extra, but on any given, given day, we could have eight to 10 drivers absent. So we really need that cushion of up to a dozen drivers over those 88, 88 routes or so. Tell me about what they're doing today in the Career Center. So here in the ETI building, those, e ETI building, those I'm sorry. bus drivers are doing some of their video trainings that they're mandated to do each year, things on universal precautions and some of the other pieces that they do. Um, in my previous life, I had overseen transportation in another district, and so always making sure that they do that, they know their routes and can begin to make sure they're reaching out to families and, and verify who's on their routes. This is your message to drivers, stop for those school buses, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Stop our violations um, just incredibly dangerous I know people if they get behind going to work or they're concerned about being late uh, the precious cargo we have please we ask drivers that if there's a bus with its yellows flashing and getting ready to become red flashing lights or you see those red lights flashing please stop for that bus so that we can ensure that from whichever direction those students are coming they can get on that bus safely Update me on anti-bullying initiatives in your school system. So we made a concerted effort as we left last school year to really listen to parents and to students and understand what people's concerns were and where, if, if there were gaps in our processes or the way that our policy was. Those meetings continued into the summer. One of the things that we did is that we've re-engaged with Olveus, which is the company that does an anti-bullying program that has been the hallmark of what we've done as a district. We are making sure that all of our building safety ambassadors are trained in that program, and we're actually having two parents from the parent group go through that training with us so they see and can communicate out to parents what kind of things we're being trained in. It's that two parents for every class? No, it's a two parents within the training cohort. Oh, I see. So there'll be a representative from every building, and then there are two parents from our parent advisory okay. group that are part of that. So they will be part of that training and see what's going on, and then they'll also be communicating to the board on a fairly regular basis the work that that group is doing. We're re-examining the definition of bullying, and often the, the one word that gets people hung up is that instances are repeated, and so sometimes people are saying, well, how often does something have to happen before something's done? So that's caused us to reevaluate that definition and look at that. The Olveus program is very much rooted in building a sense of community within your classroom, community circles, work that's being done to build connections and respect between students. So that's a key piece of that. And then we're just revisiting overall our behavior expectations for students. Um, parents and people in the community may have heard of our PRIDE framework. And our PRIDE framework is a positive behavior system where we encourage students to be persistent, respectful, show initiative, be dependable, and be efficient. And so as we look at those characteristics, especially that R for respectfulness, that's going to be a key piece of what we do as we work with all students to lay out those expectations and understandings of how we operate and, and behave in our classrooms. Classroom and the lunchroom. And this year is the first time since the pandemic began that school lunches will not be free for everyone. The federal program is set to expire at the end of next month. WSPT 22's Taylor Gattoni is at the live desk this morning. And Taylor, there are other programs for students to receive free meals if they're eligible. 
This is the first year all Elkhart Community Schools are eligible to participate in its Community Eligibility Provision, or CEP. But parents, you must apply for these programs. Yesterday was the first day of school for Elkhart students, but you can sign up for the program at any time. This year, Woodland and Beardsley Elementary Schools have been approved for the Community Eligibility Program. All students at those two elementaries eat at no cost. For other schools, there are three tiers based on income levels, free or reduced meals or full priced. School leaders say it doesn't hurt to apply even if you think you might not be eligible. So we actually send applications home to every family and with that application is a letter and it does tell you what the reduced eligibility is. Over at South Bend Schools, universal free meals will continue this year through a different federal program. Parents in both districts should head to the school's website for more information. I also asked leaders in Elkhart how inflation has impacted prices of meals. They say the cost for students has stayed relatively the same because of federal assistance, but that could change as the impact of inflation continues to be felt. At the live desk, Taylor Gatoni, WSBT 22 News. Parents. Please make sure if you're in Elkhart Community Schools that you're getting your students free reduced application turned in. You should receive the pink paper in the mail. Take care and do your part. Come the time where we just need to take a cool down and have some little energy. So you have Tucson just for the Old Town Road, which is a kid favorite from way back when. I remember when we had dance party at work, the kids would get me wound up with that song. And I'd be time I get done, I'd be a hot mess. Then we got Fancy Like, which is a TikTok trend that's happening. And sometimes we just need a little break for a kickback, a few minutes of winding down before big events i know sometimes we get lost so every so often it's okay to cool down and get on with it we're gonna throw back with some old town road it's not that many years old and then fancy like which has a dance associated with it so if you're familiar with tiktok you would recognize fancy like and old town road like i said was a kid favorite a few years ago and so right now we're gonna take it back to the mind of a child.
segment is sponsored by Poor Handmaids of Jesus Christ. The Donaldson Dash is a new challenging adventure race. The race is divided into two separate courses, Challenge and Family, and it supports a great cause. Jesse Gilley is here with all the details. I mean, are you jonesing for some of that stuff Jackie was just dealing with yes. over there? All those cookies yes, and stuff? Yes, all I heard there was I can sustain off of bacon, cheese, and keto-friendly cookies. And what you and if you need to dash a little bit, you know, round to yeah, work it off, work you can. Off. You've got yeah, I actually, thing. we don't need to work any of that off. Okay, That's let's go with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's sugar-free. So what is the Donaldson Dash? So the Donaldson Dash <laughs> is, um, as you said, it's an adventure race. It's yeah. the first of its kind in Marshall County. It is um, essentially a grown-up field day. So oh, if girl, you... you and I have burlap bag, three-legged yes. race. If you enjoy field day as a kid, you are going to love the Donaldson Dash. Um, and what's better is not only do you get to have grown-up field day, but unlike when you were in school and you just got to be done with the school year, you could win up to $1,000. What? Yes. So besides the winner, who is the Donaldson Dash benefiting? So the Donaldson Dash actually benefits the greatest needs of the poor handmaids. And for anybody who isn't familiar with the poor handmaids, the sisters, um, they're an amazing group of women religious who um, start ministries in areas all over the world um, based on needs of the communities that they're in. So for instance, they started the St. Joe Regional Med Center. Um, they have orphanages in Kenya and India. They have um, schools in Mexico. There's the Sojourner Truth House in Gary, which is for uh, women and children who are in need. So they're just an incredible group of ladies, and all of the funds raised will go directly toward the greatest needs. So whatever they deem um, greatest needs for this time. So during COVID, it was for um, the assistance of people in the community to pay their rent, their bills, for employees um, who might need assistance with extra food, things like that. So is that the denomination or is it part of a greater... So the poor handmaids are actually um, a Catholic group of oh, women right, religious. Okay. So they're sisters and uh, they're just the most incredible ladies ever. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. And this is in Donaldson, Indiana. Donaldson, Indiana, which is... It exists only because the sisters are there, um, but most people are familiar with Ancilla College, which oh, yeah. is Ancilla of Marion now, um, and outside of the college itself, there is a whole center, um, and we actually have several other ministries on property. Moon Tree um, is a wellness and arts uh, ministry. We have Lindenwood, which is a retreat and conference center. Um, CKH and Maria Center are um, senior centers, so we have a whole little community out there, and we encourage people to come out and visit us outside of the Donaldson Dash just yeah. to walk around contemplative thought um, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful setting and so and you could go you could dash you could win a prize or two absolutely if so, you want to participate in the family route you can win gift cards from all of uh, the local businesses I I just talked to Miss um, Madrina and she's offered to give us a little gift card so that if you oh. if you want to win some of these wonderful delicious treats she was talking about look at hometown living making it all work for you yeah that's right <laughs> that's, that's awesome. right and it's you know when you said family that means people of all ages absolutely so the family route is actually made from people of any age zero to a hundred and up if you want to come participate um, the challenge course is targeted for people 12 and up because of the difficulty level um, but it for the family course you can have up to five members of your family come and participate uh, kind of like got our own family feud thing going okay. you have to pick the five members you think are going to get you the five and how does it cost to, to do it Yes, yeah, so it's $25 for the that's family uh, participation, but that's for that's the whole family, yeah. and 50 for the challenge course, but again, you could win up to $1,000. $1,000, my goodness. Well, I don't know, you're going to have to have security over there, you're going to have so many people lined up yeah. after today. I mean, look, I, I think people are going to be brushing It's going to be a fun, beautiful setting, a great thing for the whole family, Absolutely. so you've got lots of things to look at there. It's August 27th, that's coming, that's, um, you can plan. It's next yes. month, so you can plan. Give them a call at 219-947-8665. The uh, website is right there on the screen, so you've got a whole month to train. Now, I, that's what I meant. Not plan. Train. Train. You're going to train. Your physical and mental abilities. Agility. Agility. You want to train. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. And you come, and, and then you'll see us win the three-legged race. That's with, right. 
the burlap sack. I, I say that we intentionally try to win her gift certificate. I think so too. Yeah. I'm on it. You and me, girl. <laughs> been following a special case out of South Bend. Here is what the community members have been wanting to do to make this awareness known. Another big story we're following for you at 6 o'clock. Community members asking again today for answers following a police-involved shooting. That shooting two weeks ago today left one man dead. 51-year-old Dante Cottrell was shot and killed by South Bend officers. WSBT 22's Ann Lurie is live for us in downtown South Bend tonight. And the group Faith in Indiana wants a meeting with the mayor. Right now, Mayor James Mueller says he can't elaborate on details of the situation because it's still under investigation, but he says he does plan to meet with the group when the time is appropriate. Two weeks ago at this time, Dante Cottrell was killed and our community is in pain. Our community is angry community members seeking answers from city leaders on improving its mental health crisis response teams. On July 29th, police say Dante Cottrell was armed with a gun and threatening suicide. Investigators say police tried to de-escalate the situation for 40 minutes before Cottrell reportedly pointed the gun at police. Leaders of faith in Indiana say the job of helping someone in a mental health crisis shouldn't be the responsibility of South Bend police. They say there's a mobile mental health crisis unit available right now, but that it wasn't called. The reality is they probably would have liked to have been called. They feel like they could have added another angle. And we don't know. Nobody can predict whether the outcome would have been different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But certainly it couldn't have hurt. The group is asking for new protocols and the use of resources while South Bend police are called to a scene. They also want 10% of the police budget to be used on mental health crisis response teams. Both things the group wants to propose to Mayor Mueller. But Mueller says he can't work with the team until the investigation is closed. You know, we're not running the investigation, so it's but that timeline is also, we're dependent on a different entity. But that when it is, he'll be happy to meet. Those are uh, ways in which the community can provide meaningful feedback. And uh, in the past, they have been productive and, and constructive. Along with Mueller, South Bend police say for transparency reasons, body cam footage from the incident will be released. Investigation is ongoing by the St. Joseph County Police Department. The officers involved in the shooting remain on administrative leave until the investigation is complete. Live in South Bend, and Lorraine, WSBT 22 News. I've been following a case of the Dante Carell's Carell shooting that happened in South Bend. Here is what the prosecutor office has released on the investigation. The St. Joe County Prosecutor's Office has provided an update to the investigation into the fatal shooting of Dante Cottrell on July 29th by officers with the South Bend Police Department. The St. Joseph County Police and Mishawaka Police are conducting a joint investigation into the shooting. Investigators have told the prosecutor's office they are waiting for results of ballistic testing before they can submit their case. Normally, all ballistic testing is conducted by the crime lab at the South Bend Police Department. An independent expert with firearm for forensics will be conducting the ballistic evidence. Once results of the ballistic testing are released sometime next week, investigators present the case to the prosecutor's office. The prosecutor's office will discuss the findings with the Kendrero family and the South Bend Police Department before releasing any other information. Stay tuned for more updates involving the Dante Cottrell shooting in South Bend, Indiana. Lord, 
looking for some fun things to do, here are a few that may help you out. You can visit the Lemon Creek Winery located at 533 East Lemon Creek Road in Brian Springs, Michigan. You can also look them up at www.lemoncreekwinery.com and if you want to contact them, it is 269-471-1321 and they also have a second location in Grand Haven, Michigan located at 327 North Beacon Boulevard and you can contact them at 616-844-1709. You can also head downtown to Three Oaks, Michigan in the downtown area every Thursday until September 29th for their Three Oaks Market. And to get a hold of them, you can contact them at 312-965-9114. Coming up in September, will be the Four Flags Air Apple Festival. And that would happen Thursday, September 29th through Sunday, October 2nd. And for more information, look up www.fourflagsapplefestival.org and you can also contact them at 269-683-8870 and they are located at 17th and Lake Street on the east side of Niles, Michigan. Now, if you'd like to ride a bike or motorcycle, you can attend the LaGrange County Sheriff's Office 7th Annual Honor Ride, and it will cost $25 per bike and $10 for each additional passenger, and that will take place on Saturday, August 20th, coming up this week even. Registration is from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. That will happen at the LaGrange County 4-H Fairground. You can register early at 0875 South State Row 9 in LaGrange. And for more information, you can contact 260-463-7491. If you're into medieval type stuff, you can attend the 10th Annual Michiana Renaissance Festival happening at the St. Joseph County 4-H Fairgrounds on August 27th through August 28th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. For more information, you can contact or look at more information at www.michianarenfest.com. And that is all of the fun events happening around the area. I'm pretty sure there's more. Take care and hope you enjoy some of the fun stuff happening around the surrounding areas of Michigan and Indiana. Calling all small vendors. Vendor shows will be happening in the month of August and September in Elkhart and Mishawaka. Here are some events that you can get part be a part of. August 27th in Elkhart, the Oslo Fire Department located at 24936 Buddy Street. Also in Elkhart, September 10th, at, we'll have a school supply drive. 1650 West Beardsley Avenue in Elkhart. Going over to Mishawaka on September 17th. Curtis Ricardo will have it at Z 904 North Main Street. September 17th, over in Elkhart, Rio's Rainbow, 326 West Franklin Street. And September 24th, back to Mishawaka, HKKR Pada Party, 225 Main Street in Mishawaka. If you know anybody interested, contact Kimberly Granning at 541-337-4837 or you can shoot her email at kimpeck1976 at yahoo.com. Take care and hope you enjoy some of the small vendors, vendor shows. You have been listening to Michiana 101 with Sylvia Stark. If you have a story or item to share, message her on our Facebook group, News Source 1 Michiana. Until next time, remember to stay safe and most importantly, Jesus loves you. Accept him as your Lord and Savior.